0: Good morning, and welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you on this Saturday morning as we continue to focus on Jessamine County, and learn things about it, and every once in a while we talk to someone who is part of our past, but is also part of our current being. Although they may not live here anymore, I have one of those gentlemen on the phone with me today—a guy that a little bit ahead of me in school, but his family uh, lived here for years. He was raised here and has gone on to do some great things. His name is Ben Van Hook, and first off, good morning, Ben. Glad to have you on the
1: line from Florida. Morning, Doug. Welcome from uh, Orlando. Pleasure to talk to you.
0: You too, and we always enjoy catching up with people who we remember from our past, maybe haven't seen in a while. I thought we'd start this morning with, with your family as a whole, because there are people that listen to us, Ben, that that remember Uh, your family, and and, and your parents. Now, your dad, JC, and your mom, Fern, lived here for a long time. How was it that they came to Jessamine County? Do you know?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I've heard this story many times because mom and dad like to, you know, rehash the whole family history. And, of course, my brother... Delved into the family genealogy, and he even wrote a book, and he's got a website detailing our family history. He really got in, into it, and uh, and so uh, I'm pretty versed in the story. But basically, uh, d- Dad was born in 1920 down in uh, Pulaski County, and then and Mom was born in 29. In uh, in Mount Victory, Kentucky, a small, really small hamlet, a little south of Somerset, and they met when Dad got back from the war. He went overseas, I guess, when he was about twenty or twenty-one years old, and he was over uh, overseas in World War II for three years. He got back, and and he he got a job at a at a lumber yard. I think it was in Stanford, Kentucky, and and my mom was working there. And that's how they met. And after they got married, Herb and Joe Carroll were born. My older brother and sister were born over in danville and dad had a little house in stanford and that's where uh that's where the four of them lived and he got it ended up getting a job at ibm in lexington and of course that was a long trek from uh sure. to lexington so so they tried to find something closer so uh, they went and looked in lexington i guess uh, all four of them in the car and they couldn't find anything up there of course they. They didn't have any money. Really, nobody had any money back then. I don't right. know So, uh, they were driving back through Nicholasville on the way back to Stanford on 27 on Main Street there, and they stopped to have lunch at a little, little cafe downtown. I think it was near where, um, Ben Franklin Five and Dime was, and it might have been called Barrett's Cafe. I don't know. B-
0: Baskets.
1: Baskets, that's it. Baskets. Yep. Mm-hmm. They stopped there for lunch, and, um, they ate a sandwich, and, and I guess my dad asked the person behind the counter, if he knew of anybody that had an apartment for rent there. So they said, yes, John and Alexine Cox, they have a place upstairs of where they're living that was, well, I guess it was probably a two-room apartment. It was mm-hmm. So mom and dad drove up there, and I think it might have been on 2nd Street. It's back behind them. The Courthouse somewhere
0: back there, no exactly. in fact, if it's the same house I'm thinking of, uh, Alexine's sister Winnie lives in that house today.
1: well, I think it, it was it the the big house that the Coxes lived in there?
0: May have been it's it you're right. it is on second street and it's right. it's it, for those people that are current to our county now, it would be a block or so behind where is now United Bank right. you, you would remember that block as Race Western Auto when you were here. Right. Uh, but it's in that area, yes.
1: And I'm not, and of course I wasn't born yet, but I think Mom and Dad might have lived in a little apartment above the garage or, or somewhere above, above where John and Alexine were. Yeah. I don't think it was part of the big house, though. Okay. But uh, they met John and Alexine, just super nice people, and they hit it off with them. And, um, and of course, they became li- lifelong friends, and they introduced them to the Nicholasville Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and that's where Mom and Dad ended up going. They rented the apartment, and... Um, and then subsequently I was born, and uh, and then all, f- all five of us were living up there in two rooms, I guess. And uh, they got to be lifelong friends, and I think I told you before that uh, mom still calls Alexine and talks to her on the phone as much as she can, and they're, they're still very close. And so I think that's pretty neat that they stayed that close and lifelong friends from that kind of chance meeting, and really chance meeting for all of us that we ended up in Nicholasville, and we ended up, you know, becoming... That really became kind of part of the fabric of of how we grew up,
0: sure, yeah, if it had not been for a stop at a little restaurant, it is Correct. amazing how fate works it is You yeah. mentioned your dad working at IBM, and I have all morning tried to be to think of what he did because I guess I remember him best as doing real estate work, and that was in his latter years,
1: right, after he retired yeah. from IBM well when he first started there, he got a job. I mean he was thrilled to get the job because you know it was a steady paycheck back then and but he started out, I think, working in the warehouse, you know, factory portion mm-hmm. of it where he would drive a forklift and, you know, he worked hard and had to carpool. I remember many times going from Nicholasville because we only had one car and all of us would ride up and we would park under a big tree in a big field where Fayette Mall is. <laughs> it was, I mean, there was nothing there. So we would park there under that tree in the shade and then dad... Would, where IBM was located was on the other side of Lexington, and he would carpool and get a ride back, and he would get in the car with us, and then we would all drive back down to Nicholas. Wow! And uh, but that's yeah, that's kind of how he got to work. But he ended up working there for oh, 25, 30 years, and he re- ended up retiring from IBM. And uh, and and through his career there, he ended up uh, moving into more of an office position where he was working in World Trade, and he would you know work the phones and those kinds of things. Funny, uh, both Herb and I. Uh, ended up doing a stint at IBM ourselves. I worked on the assembly line one summer, yeah. building typewriter covers, <laughs> and uh, that made me realize I wanted to go back to college. I didn't <laughs> want to do that for a living. But but I uh, I worked there. My brother actually worked at IBM for quite a few few years. Right uh, at the start of you know the whole computer revolution. Right he He got his feet wet doing that, and he ended up you know kind of doing that his whole whole career but he worked at i b m quite a few years up there but uh yeah, we were kind of um an i b m family if you if you say it
0: once he retired, he did go into real estate as best i can remember didn't he go with it with with uh, mr veal well
1: i think he worked with uh is it uh king du- um Uh, Dennis King.
0: Dennis King, yeah, that would have been uh, probably in his latter years, uh, because I know Dennis was, uh, Colonel Veal kind of was the main one, I guess, for a long time. He had his license
1: with him. It's funny, because he, Dad retired, and he was the kind of person that didn't want to just sit around and and do nothing, Mm -hmm. and he loved people. And so he went back to school, got his real estate license in his 60s, and and he also uh, became an auctioneer, and he got his auctioneer's license, too. So I guess he was working with Bill Dent. Right. He, uh, uh, he he simply loved it. And so I often thought, what would it have been like if he would have done that early on in his life, you know, yeah. and made a yeah. career out of that because it was kind of a side thing, but he just... He worked all the way up through his 70s, you know, until he moved to Florida because he really enjoyed it. Well,
0: you know, I knew your dad, and it was always a very nice fellow, but I I knew your mother better. And the reason is, is and the reason a lot of us Jessupin County people knew your mom, was she for years was, of course, the secretary at the junior high.
1: Correct, it, yeah. Her. I think her first job, as far back as I can remember, was well, she stayed at home and raised us. But once we got a little bit older and got up into school uh she took a job at uh Martin's department store <laughs> oh yeah down there on Main Street and i remember going into to Martin's as a little boy and i would i would get underneath all the racks of clothes and i would hide <laughs> and uh a, a funny quick funny story i'll tell you i guess it was i guess it was Mr. Martin the the boss down there he came in and he had taken his um his overcoat off and he had like i guess it was like a London fog rain jacket or whatever And he had that hanging down there, and Mom was uh, out on the sales floor, and she mistook it for uh, an item of clothing that was for sale, and she ended up selling it to somebody. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they ever had the heart to tell him what happened to it or not.
0: (laughs) So when you went in that place, you better keep your clothes on, because Fern would uh, get rid
1: of them. (laughs) Exactly. That's funny. So after that, she did end up uh, working at the new elementary school that they built out there. What was that? Warner. Yeah, that's it. We're in elementary. She, you know, was kind of a quasi-mother to a lot of kids that came up through there. I remember she uh, talking about uh, the country music guy. Was it John Michael Montgomery? John Michael, yes. She remembered him when he was a little boy and they all you know she kind of kind of took care of everybody so uh, she loved her job too there
0: well and and i remember students loved her benji she she was was a very nice of course i knew you guys from nixville baptist you mentioned that right. from years and years and years ago now real quick your mom is is in florida now but you're telling me she's getting ready to go to new york to meet her sister
1: exactly it's pretty pretty interesting she's moved around a lot dad passed away about five years ago and mm-hmm. We came back up to Nicholasville, had his funeral up there at the church, and uh, he's buried down in uh, Camp Nelson Cemetery. So since Dad passed away, uh, Mom's, you know, obviously, they were married 60 years, so you struggled to try to f- figure out what to do next. Right. On and so she uh, was living down here and decided she wanted to go back to Kentucky because she really missed it. So she moved back to Kentucky for about three years, and then after that she told my brother and I and sister that she you know, probably needed more help, so we actually moved her back down here to Florida to be close to us, and she's been down here for the last two years, and so now it's come to the point where uh, I travel a lot for my job, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but we've all decided collectively, and we proposed her the idea of, of moving to New York to be close to my sister. And, She has three grown kids, and all the grandkids are up there, and the great-grandkids, and so uh, she's just thrilled about it.
0: Wish her the well for us, i will.
1: I'll I'll tell her you were asking about it. Yeah.
0: Now, real quick, let's talk about your brother and sister. What have they been doing lately with their lives?
1: Well, my brother lives in uh, Vienna, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C., and uh, he's a vice president of a big software company up there. And he travels, really travels the world extensively. Uh, he's got two children. Uh, one's uh, 16 and one's 14. You know, when I say travel, I mean, he's, you know, one of those guys that uh, has millions of miles in, with the airlines because he's, he's all over the place. He's doing really well. I told you he was born in 53. So I think he's about uh, 63 years old now. And he, uh, you know, it comes down to Florida all the time. And, and we see him quite a bit. And my sister uh, lives in Rochester, New York. She wasn't originally in South Florida for a long time and then her husband got transferred and then they ended up in Rochester. And So she's been there a long time. All of her kids still live close by and of course those girls have girls now and everybody's getting older. She works for uh, the Public defender's office up there. Okay, she's doing really well. She's excited about uh, mom coming up and having a chance to spend some time with her now.
0: The Van Hook family has been pretty daggone successful if you look at them as a whole. And we get now to you, uh, one of the successful cogs in that wheel. I tell you, I was looking at your bio and I kind of knew what what you were into. And until I when I read that, it. it Kind of put a little more light on it. First off, it a 1976 graduate of Jessamine County High, at what point in time did it occur to Ben Van Hook that photography is going to be my life?
1: Well, to be honest with you, Doug, I kind of fell into it by accident. I uh-huh. know <laughs> that's probably not the story that most people want to hear, that they think that, oh, I always wanted to do that, but. You know, uh, growing up, and we were talking about your dad earlier too, and he it was actually an influence on me because I always really loved art and uh, drawing, and uh, and and I remember at uh, in high school, I took a mechanical drafting class, mm-hmm. and really loved uh, really loved architecture and drawing and those kinds of things. So I always kind of was bent that way, but. Never really discovered photography. I I don't think I owned a camera. So after high school, of course, I told you my brother was working at IBM, like my dad was, and computers were just in 76, 77, 78, just starting to come around and... And so I thought, and my brother was into it, so I thought, well, I'll try that. So I was actually a computer science major at the U.K. for three years. And I even worked at, like I said, IBM one one summer. But it just never really, uh, I never was passionate about it. I, You know, I, I would do it, but grudgingly do it, mm-hmm. and, I, and I wasn't passionate about it. So one day I borrowed my brother's camera, and I was taking pictures of this um, this girl I was dating at the time up at up at uk and uh, a photographer for the school paper the kentucky colonel saw me with this camera and he said "Uh, hey would you be interested in taking pictures for the school paper and i and of course i said yeah sure yeah and i didn't know i didn't know anything about photography or anything so so he said well here's a couple of rolls of film he said go take some pictures and then bring them back and, and we'll develop them and you know when we'll see how you do so that's what i did i just went out and took some pictures and came back and um and sure enough, they published one in the paper the next day, and my name was underneath the picture, and, and then lo and behold, they gave me, uh, I think they gave me $5 for it. So, oh, wow. you That did it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, not only do you get published with your name under it, but you get paid <laughs> for doing this. So, I mean, really, right then, as soon as I saw that first picture in the paper, I was like, wow, I, you know, I love this, and if I could figure out a way to do this for a living. So, I went home, told mom and dad I was going to quit computer science and Pursue photography, and, and Dad's first question was, "Well, he goes, well, can you make a living at it?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I guess we can try." So I think he was pretty skeptical, but uh, but they were supportive, and um, and I and that's what I started doing. I picked it up at 21 years old, and um, you know, really just fell in love with it, and and it just it took off from there, and and uh, ended up getting an internship. I think it was in 82 up in Cincinnati at the mm-hmm. Cincinnati Post, and that's when I really you know, decided, okay, I can do this for a living, because I was working a summer job, basically, internship, and you really learn a lot doing that, and I, I fell in love with journalism and photography, and uh, and then I always wanted to work at the Courier Journal, because that was like the pinnacle, you know, really, it's pretty funny that it was in our backyard in Louisville, right, Kentucky, I think people took it for granted how how great that newspaper was, yeah. when the Binghams owned it, and right. uh, but na- it was nationally known, and a lot of very talented people work there, and so that's really what I set my sights on. And uh, ended up getting an internship there in '83, and that lasted about eight months. And then went back to school and finished, graduated in '84. Of course, I was like I say, I was on the eight-year program at UK trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I think a lot of people did that back then. And so I got out, and uh, they offered me a job, and I and I went right to work there. And that's that's how I became a photographer. Of course, you know, through the years. Uh, it changed. Uh, Gannett bought that newspaper, and uh, things changed there. And so, 1990, I had an opportunity to to leave Louisville and move to Florida. Which, you know, I, I thought I was just going to, you know, have my whole career in Kentucky but it didn't work out like that. Sure. Got married, and and we moved to Florida. Landed in Orlando, and I started doing magazine work, and uh, started working for Sports Illustrated, and you know, the New York Times Sunday Magazine and Life Magazine was around back then. So I was doing magazine work and uh and and traveling a lot i was traveling out of the country some and 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 all around the country so it was a you know it it was an exciting uh lifestyle and you know people say the photography is like your career but it's not it's not so much your career as it turns into your life in a way right you live your life you know it's not like a regular job
0: well you know when i when i guess when i first kind of realize what you were doing back years ago. Seems to me, you did a lot of work for National Geographic, didn't you?
1: Well, not a lot, Doug. I did a couple of Some? stories. Some? Okay. Yeah, a couple of stories for uh, mostly uh, Traveler, which was their travel magazine. Mm-hmm. And I actually really wanted to work at National Geographic. At least I thought I did. Yeah. I ended up doing more the Sports Illustrated uh, route uh, instead of the Geographic, because the Geographic, I realized that if you put all of your eggs in that basket, then that's all you were going to do. Yeah. You couldn't really do anything else because the assignments were so inclusive and they took so long, they took months, and you were gone for months at a time. And I knew that really wasn't a healthy lifestyle. It was, a lot of uh, the photographers, a, a majority of the photographers were divorced. Uh, it was you know, very hard on families being gone that long. It's very prestigious, and it sounds really exciting, Yeah. but the truth of the matter is is that it's a very lonely pursuit, and you're gone for long periods of time by yourself. You know, there's something to be said when you're traveling. People think that it's almost like a vacation because you travel so much, but it's the exact opposite because you're working all the time. So uh, I, I really chose, after I realized that, I chose not to pursue that so heavily, and and, and started pursuing the other magazines that were more weeklies, and I would go on assignment for a few days, maybe a week or two, but not months being gone.
0: Well, let me while you mentioned Sports Illustrated, let me ask you at this point in time, if you don't mind, just throw out some names of some people you have uh, had the pleasure of of doing photographs of for Sports Illustrated.
1: Oh well, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've probably got a 25 year career there now. Well, of course. Most of the big athletes over the last, you know, couple of decades, like Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway, Tiger Woods. I ended up when I moved to Florida. I ended up doing a lot of golf work. So mm-hmm. most of like the iconic people in the golf realm, uh, photographed. Uh, Sam Snead. I was the last person to photograph him before he died. You know, all the older guys: uh, Arnold Palmer, Nicholas. All those older you know, icons of the game. I've had a chance to photograph all of them, most of them. And then now a lot of the young guys, you know, Rory McIlroy and um, uh, Keegan Bradley, uh, Justin Rose, uh, Ian Poulter, all those guys that have come up now. And, I mean, they're starting so young now. And a lot of the young women are, you know, have really changed the face of the game. So Michelle Wee and those kinds of people. So a lot of golf People, uh, I had the opportunity to photograph Serena Williams in, in New York a couple of years ago for SI, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, it's interesting to get to meet these people that are the best in the world at what they sure. do. Sure, sure. You know, it's like, um, especially the golfers; they tend to be a little more cerebral than the baseball players or <laughs> football players. But you know, a lot of those are uh, very interesting, interesting people, and it's. You kind of like swoop into these people's lives and you're there with them for a few hours. And, they, and it's pretty intimate, like, you know, when you're photographing them. So it's, I just see it as a, a blessing and an opportunity to, you know, do something that most people never get a chance to right. experience, you know, to, to experience that world for even if it's for a few hours. Well,
0: um, and speaking of people, it's not just sports figures. I, I noticed on some of your uh, on your website and, and, you know, you have celebrities. I think I saw Burt Reynolds. Was that in his home?
1: Yeah, we we did that last year at his home. Yeah. Uh, that was for uh, a client in London, and he, Bert, had just written a book, and and I'd never photographed him, but I'd never met him before. But he lives down in South Florida in Jupiter, and so Cheryl, my wife, actually went with me on the assignment because I said, you know, it'd be kind of cool to meet Bert Reynolds, and so we go down there, and and we go into his house, and his house is like frozen in time <laughs> in seventy. I mean, literally, it looks like it did in the seventies when. Mm-hmm was like a playboy and partying all the time. And, of course, he's in his 80s now. And the chance to meet people like that, you know, has, has been pretty amazing. You know, photographed a few presidents. I've been to the White House. And a good friend of mine is Obama's personal photographer. Mm-hmm. And So it's, you know, it's a pretty close-knit group of us all in the country that do this kind of work. And we all kind of know each other. And um, Well,
0: speaking of presidents, I think I saw where you photographed one of my favorite presidents, Kevin Spacey.
1: And of course, I'm
0: referring to the House of Cards that he stars in. Well,
1: you know, it's funny because of all the people I photographed, I'm really never, you never really get intimidated because I realize that they're all just people like we all are, right? But when I got this this job to shoot Kevin Spacey in New York, we we did it at a, a soundstage up in Manhattan. It was for a it was an advertisement for a bank in Poland. A lot of these celebrities. Uh, do this work out of the country that people in America never see, mm-hmm. and it's very lucrative for them. You know, they pay them millions of dollars, and and but they have to block out a day or two to do these commercials. And so this was a commercial for um, a bank in Poland. So when I found out it was Kevin Spacey, I actually got a few butterflies because he's you know, one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. He's good. Kinds, yes, he's good. Yeah, the kinds of films that he's done and right. been in, right? American Beauty and like The House of Cards and all that stuff. So. But when I met him, he was like a sweetheart, you know, just like a regular regular guy, and uh, he's one of my favorites. He was great. So once again, having the opportunity to do that kind of work is, you know, it transcends the actual photography in a way, to be able to meet people like that and uh, engage them.
0: Now, it's not just still photography we want to make people aware that back about 15 years ago you started your own production company and you've done a lot of work film work too uh, in right. fact i want to brag on you a little bit here uh, that you um have worked for showtime and lifetime and fox national geographic explorer uh addy awards uh, just i guess it was natural that you get into that out of the photography
1: well, what happened was, yeah, in a way it kind of was. What happened was I've always really loved film. I mean, I remember when I was a kid in Nicholasville, the, there was the movie theater down on Main Street. Yes. And I, that was the first time I ever saw a, you know, a movie on a screen was in that movie theater. It was across the street from Farmer's Bank. I guess it was, was it Nicholas Field Theater? I, I forgot the, what N- it
0: was. the Nicholas Theater, yes. Yeah, yeah, the
1: Nicholas Theater, In right. In fact,
0: it would have been across the street from where your mother worked at Martin's.
1: Correct. That was where the building was. I think it's not even there anymore, but that's where the that's right. theater was. But I remember the movies were maybe a nickel to go see I don't know how much it was it wasn't much money so we could afford to go see movies and of course that was before cable and all that stuff and, and I don't think we even owned a black and white TV so to go into the movies I remember seeing Gone with the Wind there and I saw True Grit there and a, a bunch of other you know films and I think that's where I fell in love with film and cinema and um so as a photographer you know, I had this career going at Sports Illustrated and uh, I had shot a story for Life Magazine that that won an award, uh, the Robert F. Kennedy Award. And when it won that award, Life Magazine did a story about me in the editorial section of the magazine about that award. And somebody that worked at an ad agency on Madison Avenue in New York saw that story and they called me and they asked me if I would be interested in doing an ad campaign for a pharmaceutical company. And I said sure, but I didn't know anything about advertising work. I didn't. I'd never been on a film set or anything before. And uh, this was about uh, fifteen, twenty years ago. And um, and so they chose me as the photographer to get this uh, get this assignment to do this ad campaign. And so I went on set, and they were doing a multi-million dollar, you know, television commercial as part of it. And I was shooting the still photographs for it. So I got to see you know, firsthand kind of the magic behind the curtain about how commercials are made or how movies are made. So I was fascinated with it. And as my career went on, I started doing more and more advertising work. And I, and I got to see these directors work on set. And finally I came home. I told my wife one day, I go, you know, I could probably do that. I go, it's not that much different than what I do now, but you just have like 50 people to help you do it. So I, I kind of went out and started dabbling in that, and one thing led to another. And it, and really, now, probably 60, 70% of the work I do is, is directing film and television, and, and then the other portion is, is the still photography portion of it. But that's how I fell into it, and it, it was kind of always kind of a natural uh, move to, to do that. Because I was so uh, so in love with it
0: the films has got to be something very very interesting to get into and you're gonna you're in a whole new world in fact I understand uh, is this if you're still working on a feature film or have you completed
1: it well what happened on that was and that's a that was a really uh, educational lesson for me and we we tried to uh, get an independent film off the ground mm-hmm. after I'd done a I did a documentary back in uh, about 15 years ago and ended up selling it to Showtime. And it was on the Sundance channel for about 18 months. And so, you know, after that happened, uh, an agent in New York told me, hey, you know, hey you're a filmmaker now, you know, because I was doing commercial work, but this this was totally different. This right. was a film, you know, longer form storytelling. So I did this, um, after that, I did a, a narrative short with some well-known kid actors and that did really well in the film festival circuit. So I thought, well, I'll try to, you know, get a feature film off the ground. Well, that's a whole nother ball of wax. And, you know, it's a, it, they call it show business for a reason. It is a business. Right. You know, a lot of money involved and a lot of uh, legal aspects to it, attorneys and all that. So it, we tried to get this off the ground, but unfortunately it was about the time of the downturn in the economy. So it was very hard to raise. It's hard to raise money for an independent film anyway. Sure. So it was very hard to raise money. So we had to kind of put that project on the shelf. It's actually still on the shelf. And um, I would consider reviving it if I if I got the opportunity to. But, mm-hmm. you know, right now, really, I'm, I'm concentrating on uh, still just doing commercial work. I might end up doing a, another short film because that was a lot of fun. And it didn't, you know, to do a feature film takes about three years of your life. Yeah as i get older i'm just
0: not so sure a <laughs> <laughs> couple of things as we are dwindling to to a close here that i want to ask you about the first one is is we need to mention at the very least mention and, and maybe a little more brag on the real driving force behind you and of course that would be your wife and your family tell us about who who your wife is and your uh your children and things
1: well, um, I married uh, Cheryl Sparkman, and and, that, and we've been married for twenty seven years now, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess to think. And um, she's from uh, New Albany, Indiana, and I met her when I was in Louisville. And uh, yeah, she she basically we've worked together all these years. She, she runs the production company. Yeah. So she she just actually walked in the office. Well, and she's on the phone, and um, and we and we sit across the desk from each other, and. Uh, and somehow or another, we've made it through all these years of being married and working together without <laughs> killing each other. So something to be said for her, how supportive she's been, you know, for my career, because you really have to have a whole team of people behind you right. to do this kind of business. It's just very difficult to travel and being gone and the pressure. And Sure. She's, you know, she's great. So she handles all the financial end of the company and and, and keeps me in, on track. And then we have a, uh, an 18 year old daughter now. She's going to be 19 in October. Her name's Sydney. And um, she's, uh, she was born in Florida. And we were married for 10 years before Sydney came along. And she's just the you know, joy of our life. She is a very talented artist. I'm sure your dad would approve. And uh, she uh, got accepted to Savannah College of Art and Design. And uh, she'll be going there to, uh, to college. She just graduated from high school.
0: I have seen her, uh, I've seen some of her work on Facebook, uh, as we are friends there, and, and very pretty girl. And and I can tell by looking at those photos that you're a pretty proud dad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we, you know, we do a lot as a family, and we've traveled quite a bit as a family now. We were in Europe last year, and we went to, uh, I took her to Ireland and London, and then we rented an apartment in Paris for a week and went out to, to Monet's studio. And she just, you know, I just love her having those kinds of experiences. Sure. Growing up the kinds that, of course, I didn't have growing up. In right. But I, found, but I found my way through going to the movies at the movie theater and those kinds of uh, those kinds of things, and surrounding myself with you know creative friends, and uh, it was just a great place to grow up.
0: Well, that leads me to my final question. You segued that really, really well because I was going to ask, you, and you've already mentioned the movie theater and some different places, but just real quick, some of your best memories of growing up here in Jackson County.
1: Well, I got to say this. My my best friends growing up was Cec- Cecil Moss yeah. and uh, and Randy Reed, and we, uh, the three of us would you know were inseparable. Really, it's funny yeah, when you move away and you and you grow older, you kind of lose touch, lose touch with people. I did come back to uh, my high school reunion. We brought Sydney back. Of course, I was a late starter with Sydney, so it's funny. Sydney was a baby when we went to the high school reunion, and uh, and a lot of. Uh, my classmates were grandparents already. <laughs> yes. I, I'm,
0: go, I'm going through that, too, because my oldest just turned 20. I know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of people in Nicholasville. You know, they got, got married right out of high school. Yeah. And they were grandparents already. And it's like, wow. And, you know, that was a real eye-opener for me. And, of course, we were late starters. But, my, but really, I think my fondest memories of, of growing up there were it was a special place in time where, you know, we, even though I lived a mile from the school, we walked to school every day. I knew all the shop owners down on Main Street. We knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody by name. Uh, and I don't think our door, uh, we lived up on Central Avenue. I don't even think we had locks on the doors, <laughs> we didn't ever lock the doors, so that was a great way to grow up, and and also as I got older, just remembering the start of my work career, my work ethic there, you know, my dad was, we didn't really have any money, so if you wanted anything, you had to go get a job somewhere doing something, yes. so I started out mowing grass, and I, you know, mowed grass for uh, Ed Easterly, who owned the Jessamine Journal there, mm-hmm you know, looking back on my career, and he was an influence on me because I became a journalist, and and then my next job, I think when I was 14 years old, I don't even know if it was legal, but uh, Mr. Eisen hired me down at the Dairy Queen.
0: <laughs> the Dairy Queen. Queen, yeah, with the Sandman Restaurant.
1: Correct. Yeah. I remember it well, and I worked there for probably two or three years. <laughs> my brother worked there, and uh, and I just walked to work through the cemetery, and I think I was making, my first job, I was making 75 cents an hour, but I thought it was, Great. You know, I saved up enough money to buy a, uh, an old car and a, an a eight-track tape layer to go in it. Yeah. Started there, and then from there, I think I've worked at McDonald's for a while when it first came to town, and then I ended up at uh, Martha's Vineyard, the florist there.
0: Really? Which is oh, yeah. still going strong today.
1: I know. Well, when I go back to Nicholasville, when I'm ever there, I always stop and see Bobby. I yeah. always stop in to say hi to them. Yeah. Because that was, I remember that so well. You know, being in high school and driving that florist delivery van, I did that for probably <laughs> two or three years. Uh, you know, it's funny, I didn't even know how to drive a, uh, a standard shift, you know, with a clutch. Yeah. And they got me this van that had the clutch, and I didn't have the heart to tell them I'd never, <laughs> never, never driven it before. And, I, and so I just learned, I learned on my own, I'd probably mess the transmission. It. No, um, uh, but I think my, you know my memories of growing up there with the church and all the all the people that I worked for, and they all had you know some kind of an influence on me, and and uh, um, and I think it I think it shows, and we and I've taken my family back, and you know uh, taken my daughter back and show her where we grew up, and sure. uh, even though we don't have any family living there now, um, my wife's from Indiana, so when we go back there, sometimes we'll just take a drive and go down to uh go down to nicholasville
0: well great we we welcome you anytime that you want to come you know that this is home ben now if people want to kind of check out a little more about you tell them your website
1: well it's, that's easy it's just ben van hook.com easy to do I, yeah everybody in nicholasville knew me as benji but as yeah. i as I got older I had a uh, teacher in college, he goes, You know, you should you should go by Ben Van Hook He goes, That's a that's a really uh memorable name so I, <laughs> I dropped the Benji went with ben. ben, which is my name anyway, so uh, but Benvanhook.com and then you can see the kinds of work that we're doing on there and, uh, and people can reach out and uh, email me through that too as well.
0: I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this program today and uh, appreciate the contribution that
1: you've made. You made us proud in Jessman uh, County. I appreciate that, Doug. Thanks so much. It was uh, it was a great place to grow up.
0: My thanks to Ben Van Hook for being a guest on our show. This is All Things Jessamine. We do it every Saturday morning at 11 just for you on Jess FM 105.9.